Welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabelle Graham. Hi everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Being Leader, the podcast that discusses how we need to show up and be as leaders, reflecting on what impacts our behaviours, our relationships and our outcomes, and allows us to focus more on our approach to leading ourselves, our teams and our organisations. Today I want to talk about trust, because this is something which comes up again and again in my conversations, whether they're with individuals, teams or organisations. And by trust, I don't mean that predictive trust, you know, that comes from having worked with somebody or known somebody for years and you know that they're really grumpy until they've had two cups of tea or coffee in the morning, or that they'll always react in a certain way in a meeting. I don't mean that type of trust. I mean trust where I feel safe telling you that I'm worried about something, that I don't know how to do this aspect of my job, where I know it's okay if I mess up and get things wrong, you're not going to be angry with me. And where I'm able to speak out and say what I feel without feeling daft or inadequate or judged by you. This type of trust is psychological-based trust or vulnerability-based trust. And it's the type of trust which is needed if we are really going to be honest with individuals um, and if we're going to rely on other people. And it's also important if we're going to build really great relationships where we can thrive and depend on one another and grow. And this is the type of trust that needs to exist in our individual relationships, especially in our team relationships and within our organisations. So I want you to reflect for a minute and think. Think about your friends and family. How many of those people can you be truly honest with, be vulnerable with, and speak openly without feeling judged or receiving negative feedback or being dismissed? Now I want you to think of your team and those team members that you work with with your peers and so the team that you're part of but also the team that you may manage. And again I want you to think about which of your team members do you feel safe with speaking openly, of saying why you're struggling, of speaking up about that controversial idea or saying actually do you know what I don't agree with you. What about with your line manager? with your peers and colleagues? Do you feel safe saying, I don't agree with you to them? Do you trust them to do your work for you, to hand things over and to ask for help? What about in your organisation? Are you able to speak freely in meetings without fear of people shouting you down? Or do you have to play the politics game? You know, say one thing in public and something else in private, so you just end up feeling a little bit two-faced? The reality is, more often than we would care to mention, we simply don't trust the people we work with. And this very often leads to conflict, backbiting, gossip, one-upmanship, and people feeling let down. And then they get stressed, anxious, and frankly, absolutely hate going to work. So that's what I want to explore today. I want to explore how we go about building trust, what we need for our relationships or our teams to function well, and why this is so important as being leaders for us to create. Now to start off, I wanna look at the definition of trust. And one which I think is a really simple definition is by a writer called Charles Feltman from his book, The Thin Book of Trust. And he says, trust is 
choosing to make something you value vulnerable to another person's actions. Now think about it. Speaking out, sharing our feelings, asking for help, delegating, collaborating, all of those things we do every single day at work and home, all of those link back to that definition of trust by Charles Feldman. Unless, of course, we're going to work in a bubble and we don't need to have any element of trust in everything that we do. Trust is at the heart of our relationships. And as leaders, it's the essence of how we operate. We need trust to get on with our colleagues. We need trust for our team members to work for us and to tell us things and say when they're struggling or they're overloaded or they simply just don't agree. We need trust to build connections with our clients and our customers, to be able to sell to them and to ask them for things and to be able to negotiate with them. We need trust to feel safe sharing information, whether it's information about us that we're worried about talking about, whether it's confidential information in the workplace which we need to hold safe, whether it's simply a different opinion which means we stand out from the crowd. You know, because at the heart of it, we don't like standing out from the crowd. We want to feel we can belong. And without trust, we don't belong. And above all, we need trust to delegate. As leaders, you can't keep everything to ourselves all of the time. We need to delegate to people. And our ability to delegate is fundamentally based on our trust of other people. And sometimes we trust people and we ask them to do things and it doesn't happen. How often have you missed deadlines or miscommunicated something that simply hasn't gone ahead because the trust we placed in something that was important to us has not been held as important by the other person? So those of you who've maybe been trusted with something and you've been late delivering a piece of work or you've missed a deadline, that is how important it is to people. That is why they get annoyed when you miss those deadlines. It's because you, you shot their trust down in flames. It wasn't because you forgot to get the piece of work in. It was the former, not the latter. And in leadership development, in workshops, I talk about trust a lot. And I ask people to think about what makes a great leader or what builds trust. And there are always three top ones that come up. And these are them. So the first is integrity. People who are honest and transparent and don't say one thing and do something else. That's really important to people. Equally important is confidentiality. As leaders, we have to value this. If one of our team members tells us something and then we go and pass that on to somebody else and they find out we've done it because it meets them down the corridor, I guarantee you, your team member will never, ever tell you anything again. At least not that's important anyway. And as coaches, confidentiality is vital. You know, we are that confidential vessel that holds our clients' thoughts, fears, dreams and wishes. We have got to keep that safe. And finally, the third thing that comes up, do what you say you're going to do. Now that one should be dead simple, but time and again, people simply don't do it. And you know what? It pisses people off. I also get people to think about what builds trust and breaks trust with leaders, with teams and with organisations. And you know what? It's pretty much the same stuff, just in a different context. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So if we take doing what you said you were going to do as an example, 
in the individual context, it's getting back to me on the day I asked you to. In a team context, it's you doing that share of the work that you agreed to do by the time we agreed it needed to be done. And in an organizational context, it's you providing the service or the product or the quality you said you were going to provide for me, whether that's internally as an employee or externally as a customer. As individuals, being trustworthy is at the heart of how we need to be. So how do we demonstrate trust? What are the key components we need to be thinking about? One model which has come out in recent years, which I really love, is by Brené Brown. And, you know, if you Google this um, and Google her model Braving, you'll find a great little video expert which has her talking about it. And I want you to think as I go through this model, you know, which ones do you truly, truly live? So Braving is an anagram and it stands for boundaries, reliability, accountability, vault, integrity and generosity. Now, let me go through those one by one by one. Boundaries. So this is about you respecting my boundaries and you being clear about what's okay and not okay. And if you're not, you ask, you know, and also that you're willing to say no. So this is the whole expectations conversation um, that I was talking about back in episode 11. You know, you and I have talked about what's clear, what's not okay and okay, and, and we check in when we're unsure about it. Reliability. You do what you say you're going to do. It's one of those top three. You know, at work, this means staying aware of your competencies and your limitations so you don't overpromise and are able to deliver on commitments and balance competing priorities. Accountability. You own your mistakes. You don't blame somebody else. You apologize and you make amends. Simple. Vault. You don't share information or experiences that are not yours to share. I need to know that my confidences are kept and you're not sharing with me any information about other people that should be confidential. That's a really, really great spin on confidentiality. It's not that just... I don't share stuff that you've told me. I don't share stuff that isn't mine to share. That means if you've told me something and my boss asks me about it, I don't go and tell him. It's not mine to share. It's yours to share. Okay, so that's got us the, the B-R-A-V. I. You, integrity. You choose courage over comfort. You choose what is right rather than what is easy. And that means you practice your values rather than professing them. That takes us all the way back to one of the early episodes we talked about, demonstrating our values. You know, we're acting with integrity. We're doing the right thing, what we believe is important, not just what's simple and expedient. N, non-judgment. I can ask for what I need and you can ask for what you need and we can talk about how we feel and we don't judge each other. This is so important. This is in some ways, I think, at, at one of the fundamental base levels of psychological based trust. Um, I, it's okay for me to feel vulnerable because when I do feel okay feeling vulnerable, I feel safe. You make me feel safe and I don't worry what you're going to think about me. That's what non-judgment truly means. You know, that you haven't got something going on in your head. It's okay to say it. And you're not going to think you're not going to think I'm being daft. 
And then finally, the G stands for generosity. Now, I have to say, when I first heard this model, I sort of agreed with brave in. I wasn't quite sure whether I agreed with braving because I really didn't know what it meant. And I remember posting about this model and somebody said, um, oh, you're a really generous person, but that isn't what it means. It's generosity of thought. You extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words and actions of others. Oh, I'm rubbish at this one. I've got a really shouty inner voice. And people can do things and tell me things. And my little inner voice goes, don't trust you. Yeah, lying. And I can make up all manner of things. So I have to practice this one. This is one where I need to do better. The others I've worked on over the years and I'm pretty good at them. Um, generosity of thought. Mm. I'm an inner skeptic. It's got to be, it's got to be said. So I know that one I've got to work on. Um, and I can think of the examples and the occasions when I have done it. And when I could have easily just complained about something or agreed with somebody and, and had a nice little morning session. And then I've thought about the person and actually thought, you know what? What they've just done isn't like them. And I've defended their actions. And then later I found out actually there was a really genuine reason why they missed a deadline or didn't get back to me or do something. So I know when I practice it, I get rewarded. It's just not on autopilot yet. So as I've talked through those, think about, you know, which ones are yours? Which ones, you know, are you really good at? And which ones, hand on heart, deep down, honestly, are you just a bit rubbish at and you need to get better? Because if we're demonstrating these elements, they don't only help us as individuals. They help us when we're forming teams, when we're leading, when we're ensuring... Um, we have those high-performing teams that really deliver for our organisation because that's crucial. You know, it's just at the bedrock. It's not just at the bedrock of our individual relationships. It's absolutely at the bedrock of our team relationships. And without it, all manner of dysfunctionality kicks off. So talking about dysfunctionality, that leads me to Patrick Lencioni. If you haven't heard of him, he's an author and leadership guru, and he has written a fantastic model called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It's a book which is written as a fable and is really easy to get into. And if you Google him on YouTube, you'll find a couple of really good videos that explain the model really well with some fantastic live examples. And he also has a podcast called At The Table. You can tell I'm a bit of a fan. I love this model because the levels that he talks about, when we look at those teams that are a little bit dysfunctional, that are struggling, that aren't performing well, show up time and time again. So to make sure that our teams are functioning well, there are five behaviors that we need to make sure are in place and trust is the bedrock of them. So at the bottom, and his model is a pyramid, when we think about trust, it's about being open and vulnerable with our colleagues so that we feel we can speak freely, be are willing to own up to our mistakes, are willing to say we're not happy with something and also willing to call people out because when we've got that psychological base trust, we are happy to do it. Once we've got that psychological base trust, that then allows us to move to the next level, which is having healthy conflict. To be able to debate freely, to call things out, to feel safe saying, do you know what? I think that's absolute rubbish. I really don't agree with you. And 
not being worried about doing that. And also that when we've done that, that we can walk out of meetings, we've had that real robust debate. You know, there might have been a little bit of impassioned shouting, but we can walk down the cor corridor and have a cup of tea. The next level, once we've got that trust and are having healthy conflict, we commit to things. You know, we have the debate in the meeting, everyone agrees and we walk away. And when we commit to things, we feel concerned about letting our colleagues down. We don't have a back channel conversation in the corridor saying, I don't know why we went to that meeting, it was absolutely rubbish. I totally disagree with the outcome. That doesn't happen. And once we commit to things, then we're willing to hold ourselves accountable. And we're also willing to hold our boss and our team members to account and call them out when they don't do what they said they were gonna do. And, and when we do that, when we are happy to call our team members out, and by that I mean, when something goes wrong, we say, you know what, Tim, I'm really annoyed that you didn't deliver that on time. It's really impacted me and I'm very frustrated. Instead of going to our boss and saying, can you sit, go and speak to Tim because he hasn't delivered this piece of work and I'm really frustrated about it. That's just getting your boss to act like mum or dad. That's not on. When we do that, when we are, have trust, healthy conflict, we commit to things and we hold each other to account, we are then super focused on results. And the reason why is because we don't need to waste time posturing or playing politics anymore. So if you're leading a team, I want you to think about the shadow that you are casting, because we all have one. Are you enabling an environment where trust is evident? Are you following the steps of the braving model and role modeling really great trustworthy behaviors, acting with integrity and demonstrating how you want your team to behave? You know, really living your values and showing that trust is important. And if you want to think more about what I mean by living your values and demonstrating your values, go back to one of the early episodes on values. Are you setting expectations with your team and being honest in how you want them, the team and you to interact? If you want to know more about setting expectations, it was a couple of episodes ago, I think episode 11. Are you creating an environment of psychological safety where people can ask for help? can speak out and challenge without fear of any recrimination or fear of looking daft? And are you having healthy debates in team meetings? This is really important. If I go into team meetings and they're super quiet or one person speaking and everyone else isn't doing anything, you know, rolling their eyes on Zoom calls, you know the trust isn't there. You know, people should be passionate. They should be getting involved and wading in and cutting across each other. You know, because when we do that, we get diversity of thought, we get debate, we get interaction. We actually end up collaborating in that true sense and getting new ideas out of it. And also, do you enable your team members to challenge each other and hold each other to account without taking on the parent role? Do you enable them? And then finally, do you trust your team to deliver on your behalf without your intervention? You know, stepping in or checking up. And if you don't, why not? What does this say about you and your ability to help them develop their skills and capability? And if I asked your team member these, these questions about you, would they come up with the same assessment that you do? When we have all these things in place, our teams and workplaces and relationships 
are vibrant, they're engaged, and people are committed and it, it's very fulfilling. And who wouldn't want that? So over the next few episodes, we're going to explore some more aspects of Lencioni's five behaviours and really dig into them in a little bit more in depth. So this enables you to really think about what do I need to have in place to have my team high performing. If this episode's been useful, I would love you to send it on to your colleagues or friends who might find it useful too. And if you want to find out more about some of the aspects that we've talked about today, go back to some of the previous episodes. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader.